Hello, everybody, and welcome back to yet another Six Feet Under guest game. Uh, and this is our pod chat portion. Today, we're going to be talking about setting and maintaining tone in your games. Uh, I'm your self-appointed MC once again, Ironicus, joined by uh, series regulars Ambassagris and Medibot, and our special guests today are, uh, I suppose, the creative team behind Breakfast Cult, uh, the designer publisher, and one of the artists. Please introduce yourselves as you'd like to be introduced. Uh, hi, I am Jacob Randolph. Um, I'll be going as Gnome throughout this podcast because it's also my forum's name, and it's easier that way. All right, and which of those three people were you? Um, I was the publisher. All right. <laughs> and also a little bit helping with design and art, Ooh, yeah. so I figured you were talking about me. <laughs> I didn't know who else fit all three of those. Alright, um, I'm Paul Matevich. I'm just going to go by Essen, because that's what, how I usually go. Um, I am the creator, or the writer, or whatever. I guess, like, I'm doing most of the work. Can't see it, but I'm glaring at you guys. <laughs> not not you guys, like, you guys, like, Norman, Clover over there. Clover, right, right. introduce yourself. Uh, hi, I'm Hans Heisler. I'm one of the illustrators for... Breakfast Cult, specifically the Star Power and probably other things as we go forward. You can call me Clove because cool internet nicknames are fun <laughs> and it, yeah. <laughs> I like them. Alright, so like I mentioned, uh, this uh, uh, little chat is going to be mostly about setting and maintaining tone which I thought would be an interesting and appropriate idea because Breakfast Cult, the game we're about to play, is... A horror game, where tone is generally considered very important, for good reason, I'd say, but not your standard uh, horror game. It does something pretty unique. Uh, somebody with more experience want to explain what I'm hinting at? I'll go first. <laughs> um, I think one of the most important things that Breakfast Cult does with tone, and sort of what make me interested in publishing it, besides that and being my friend, um, was the fact that it does a lot of comedy, actually. Like, I feel like a lot of horror games focus on everything being oppressive and dark all the time. But then things just get kind of, I don't know, I feel stagnant when you play a game like that. Like, I've done it a few times before, and it just, I don't know, it just gets really depressing really fast. And um, We're playing inherently silly characters today, and uh, that, I feel like, adds a lot to the game, because then there's mood whiplash. Yeah, uh, a thing I always say is that... Uh, the more tones you can fit in something, at least if you're talking about something, uh, say, uh, uh, long-term or larger than you know, a one-shot game at least, it, the better, as long as you can stick to transitions. Uh, like, when you talk about being one note and sort of oppressive after a while, to take a TV example, that's how I felt about Battlestar Galactica and why I stopped watching. Like... <laughs> It did one thing really well, but there were no counterpoints or contrasts, really, to speak of. I like the movie a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I want to watch the whole series. Yeah. Uh, whereas something that I say got it uh, a lot better would be Fringe, which is great. I love yeah! It. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I should watch that. You got my back. So good. Like, you've got, say, on one hand, you've got Walter just uh, uh, wallowing in his grief and self-loathing for the horrible things he caused, and then uh, in another scene, maybe even in the same episode, throwing a birthday party for a cow. And, <laughs> and each one is stronger for the other's existence. Yeah. 
It yeah, um, basically, movies. Breakfast Cult is very character-driven. Like, all of the characters are supposed to be, I guess, um, endearing. Like, to have their own character traits, like hopes and dreams, to make you laugh, and all that kind of stuff. Um, the, the reason why is because then you care more when I murder all of them. Well, not not yeah, all of them, definitely. but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try They're it. all going to die. <laughs> you, you, um, Game and for two. reference, you guys should totally split up. <laughs> I agree with this. Let's, Let's split, split, up, gang. split up, gang. That never goes poorly. <laughs> but yeah, um, also one of the um, it, it's it's also partly the inspirations for Breakfast Cold, I suppose. Uh, one of them is Dan Gen Romper, like the um video game, Dang and that one is also basically a bunch of really silly high school students getting murdered. Yep. Yes, I'm yep. familiar with the dungeon of Ron Paul. Yeah. Surprisingly yes. grim ways. Gruesome. It's, uh, surprisingly grim ways, actually. Yes. Very. Yeah. Worse than you'd expect. Yeah. yeah. And part. Yeah. And part of the reason it's terrible is because you're looking at like this really goofy anime high school setting with all these like really silly characters, and then they just get brutalized, basically. I feel like the game is. I feel like the game is also a really good example because of how it splits up the game into three separate sections. Um, you have the the like the unnatural days, which are just the students sort of milling about and having their daily life and being generally. There's not a lot going on, and then someone dies. Yeah, um, yeah pretty much. And then um, you get into the like mm. investigation phase where everyone is pointing fingers and they're getting paranoid and they're looking for clues to try to figure out what happened here. And then the third phase of the game is the actual trial part, where you know you actually get the hope where you find the person who did the problem and you basically had the problem spot spot um and by splitting the game up into three phases i feel like they manage tone very well by letting you sort of letting the game show off every tone that it has mm-hmm. yeah yeah and um let's see uh just quickly let's see what, what other influences have we got um, there was Persona, the video game series, which is also kind of like that, I guess. It's yeah. uh, like a bunch of like high school students, not as silly, but you know, you, you get involved in their act daily and relatively boring lives, where they like hang out, meet each other, you know, make some friends, all that kind of stuff. And um, then they go into another dimension and try to kill, kill monsters, that kind of stuff. Symbolic. Just the contrast. Yep. Um, Oh, also, another one that's good for tone, um, the Laundry RPG. Have you played the Laundry or have you read the Laundry series at all? No. Okay, it's um, it's a Cthulhu thing. I it's, some not long ago. It's an RPG based on a book series by um, Charles Struss, I think. Yeah. But um, it's basically uh, Lovecraft plus um, British black comedy. It's, it works like out very well. Actually. Yep. The Laundry is a British intelligence organization that deals with like mythos stuff, but the problem is they're understaffed, um, underfunded, and there is just this massive sprawling bureaucracy that tracks basically every single fucking paperclip that goes through their offices. <laughs> that actually reminds me of something not at all horrific, but uh, the sci-fi series Invisible Man that ran for two years, and it's... It's not great, but it does so much really well that it's worth sticking through it, I think. Have I seen this? I'm not sure. Maybe. Maybe? Uh, it's... I've definitely seen a series about a man who was some kind of invincible. What Was he a, a bickering married couple with his bald, paranoid partner? I can't remember. Okay. 
because <laughs> that's one of the things they did really well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're selling that pretty hard with that pitch right there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but <laughs> what reminded me was that, I mean, of course, on, on one hand, you've got these very serious global terrorist threats that must be taken out, and this guy's angst at being a, a controlled um, guinea pig for this government agency that doesn't even have a name. But at the same time, uh, they took their basic cable budgetary limitations and turned it into a running gag. They're like, oh, the CIA sent us this uh, uh, holographic projection of the brief, but we can't afford to actually project it. So I... uh, I, I put That's them into these, and then he, the the guy slides a box forward, and it's just uh, Viewmasters inside. <laughs> That's really good. Oh, that, that's incredible. I like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I did just ruin the best gag in the whole first season, but it, it, it's, it's a good one. There's, um, there's a little bit of that going on here, I suppose. Um, one, of the, one of the themes with Occulta Academy here is that it is, like, the highest of techs but most of that is available to like the teachers and the professors. So you get um, your smartphones, basically. <laughs> An old school paper. Like, who uses paper? Well, I guess we were all in agreement that a, a variety of tones that contrasts and shifts are effective yeah. and necessary. But when you've got one, how? what do you think are some good techniques for sticking with it? And, and making it land, rather than sliding when you don't want the shift just yet. Well, variation, really. I mean, yeah. you can have one tone, you just need to present it in different ways. Like, a lot of the problems with, like, a lot of recent horror games uh, have... You gotta have a variation in how you present your scary thing. You can't just throw it at you five times, because by the fifth mm-hmm. time, it's just... Okay... Come on, do it again. Okay, it's a freaking the end of zombie. Okay. Hello. Oh man, it's like a really bad Unity model and some darkness and static, so I can't tell that it's a shitty model. Hmm. I'm scared <laughs> now. Like, even though it's silly as hell in Alpha because of all the incredible physics bugs, the forest is onto something with the way it's being presented because it actually yeah. has a pretty good variety in how you're dealing with the spooky cannibal things. That you're in the happy forest hunting them down, and then you get dragged into the cave, and then you find the weird spider things that are glitching through the floor, and then the water <laughs> textures start breaking. But eh. alpha. Uh, yeah, I think yeah, that would be scary. It's a really good point that variety. I mean, if the great fear is fear of the unknown, then the third time that same thing happens, maybe you're not going to, to get the intended effects. Yeah, you, that's some. Um, that, that's like, when. Ted won't shut up and makes that, that stupid joke that you know Ted's gonna make and it's ruining the experience. Dang it, Ted. But <laughs> Comedy and terror have a lot in common in the sense that they both rely on unexpected outcomes. Yeah. Which means that um, to work there must be an expected outcome. And then it yeah. must be subverted, and this works it is equally important in comedy, and you know, in things designed to make you laugh, and in things designed to make you piss yourself. <laughs> and there's a lot of ways to subvert an expectation too. And if you have both of those avenues open to you, you can use them to keep mixing it up. I feel yeah. like, um, like a good example, I think Resident Evil Four is generally one of the 
I don't know, in my opinion, one of the best <laughs> games of all time. Because it's really, really silly sometimes. <laughs> and then the next moment you're running from two guys with chainsaws chasing you through an alleyway. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, for the record, um, that is partly why I'm not doing Cthulhu Mythos stuff in like the core book. Like, there's an expansion pack for people who like that kind of thing. Because everyone but likes that just, kind of thing. Guessing. Yeah, but the problem is everyone already knows knows it. You know what I mean? Like, you can't yeah. really do Fear of the Unknown when you're like, oh man, it's that technical dude. That I punched you in the face in that video game. Uh, so yeah. old Yogg-Sothoth back at it again. I appreciate that, as far as I can tell anyway, since I don't actually know any of your other characters' secrets, but like in the game that we're about to play, all of our characters have very different... Like, none of us are Lovecraft-related at all. We all have something supernatural going on. I don't know what's going on I with some of you. I think my guy might have inherited a castle from his uncle. I don't know anything about <laughs> that. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, I know everyone has something supernatural, but something really different. Like, I we've got a person who, with a bunch of singing birds. Yep. Um, that's not something that's ever going to be in a Lovecrafty type thing. But you could still do some supernatural stuff like yeah. that. We got, like, we're going to reenact birds movie here at some point, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> like, that's, that's no. going to happen. Now, just, uh, like, just a, a question. Now. <laughs> While you're not taking uh, Mythos stuff directly, like, by name, uh, uh, until we get to that expansion point uh, uh, in Stretch Goals. Okay, yeah, congratulations. <laughs> uh, do you think, though, you're still indebted to the, the feel and the mood and the lessons of that, if not the mythology of it? Being um, cosmic a little bit, yeah. Yeah. It's I, I did leave in a few Lovecraft things in the core book, like um, the organization that runs the school is the Miskatonic Foundation, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. There's like some vague references, but yeah. Also, so, the fact that Ancient Ones are in the game at all is sort of entirely because Lovecraft is a thing. Yeah, that's um basically the Arkham Horror board game, but like, you know, not taking fucking forever. So, so the idea is not so much the, the, the names and the references to every story you can fit in and more the mood of if you know what's going on it's too late oh uh, yeah yes. pretty much so our and idea it, here basically it's scary is... because it's just too big to yeah. comprehend yeah. okay like you said not fitting every story that we can think of but we're doing the exact opposite we're putting in <laughs> every story yeah. we can think of we're not yeah, when, when you guys find out some of the agendas that are going on here you're gonna be mad at me <laughs> <laughs> unless you really like anime forward to being mad at you awesome there's a very big reason that this is called an anime horror game. It's, it, I'm, not, I'm not doing this one, but um, I did There's nothing anime about the character book. I made. You're anime. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing anime about this. No, so, actually not, but continue. We, we got some uh, suggestions for how, when running a game, you can help yeah. uh, keep your shifts where you want them. What, if, what, what, can a, what do you think a player can do? Uh, to, to help enrich everybody's experience, because everybody's fun is everybody's job, no matter what side of the screen you're on. Some I say, anyway. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, just, um, if I think if everybody just understands what they're getting into, and they don't do something weird that they mm -hmm. know will probably ruin it, I think we'll sh we should be okay. Yeah. Like, you yeah. um, like, Secretly contacting the other players to say, "Hey, here's my agenda. What's yours?" or that kind of stuff. That will leave you a bit. That would be completely against the spirit of the game. Yeah. 
Yeah, as long as you yeah, as long as you get into the spirit of the game, we should be okay. Like one uh -huh. time, this was with Gnome, we had a our session ended, or like our campaign ended in a very, very serious way. And it all worked because one of our players got to the point where she wasn't having fun anymore because her character was so depressed with what was going on. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I'm saving the world spontaneously because, like, damn it, if I'm going to be depressed, at least I'm going to save the world first. <laughs> <laughs> and I, like, to go back to what the players can do, I feel like rolling with the punches is extremely important for keeping the if something bad to your character, run with it, see where you can go with that. Oh yeah, cool, awesome. Uh, if, well, we, if we were, hold on. yeah, oh, go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say like if we were playing, I guess um, something about zombies. We, and I haven't really done zombies because zombies are overdone. But um, if I if I well, if I was an idiot and we did zombies, uh, <laughs> then you Damn. should expect that your character may turn into a zombie at some point. I suppose. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's lots of different that. things for zombies, though. Yeah, but then I, I, I would be cool and I would let you be a smoker or something. I played yeah. Lucky Dead. You can be the fat guy that explodes when you kick him. Cool, I have it. <laughs> <laughs> We're good. Let's roll. Whoosh. Awesome. Well, uh, are, does anyone have any final thoughts on uh, tone related issues? I feel like kicking and being exploded is a pretty good ending note, actually. <laughs> yeah. All right, then. With that, uh, we're going to sign off for this, and we'll see you in the game. Unless you listen to the game first, and then you come to this. In which case, I hope you liked it. Yeah, that'd be weird, though. Yeah. <laughs> now you know something we don't. We don't even know how it's gone yet. It's crazy. Oh, dang. <laughs> <laughs>